In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and He existed in the beginning with God. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. I lost my place. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. He said, I have given you every green plant as food and all the wild animals, the birds, the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. You are free to eat any of these trees in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of this tree, you will surely die. <laughs> the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could never extinguish it. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit of any of, these, of uh, the tree in the garden? Of course you may eat of the the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. You must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He came into the world he created, and the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They were reborn, not from physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. Then the Lord said to the serpent, Because of what you have done, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling at the, in the dust as long as you live. I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will only bruise his heel. I didn't have enough courage to read the entire service. <laughs> 
um, for fear of you getting bored or frustrated. This is church. Of all places we should, where we should be able to read the Bible the whole day, this is it. But anyway, we'll, we'll stop there. I read that just to have a bit of a dramatic opening. Um, it would have been better if I had like a James or Jones voice. Uh, but this is going to be the basis on what I'm talking about today. This is kind of the foundation which I build everything on and a bit of the context. So we'll refer back to it. Uh, but what we're looking at was two origin stories over there. One was the physical origin of the world. There was the uncreated being, God, who brought into creation earth and everything we see. Then there was... Well, I wouldn't say origin story, but we looked at Jesus at the beginning. He was the word. He was one with the uncreated God. He existed with God. He himself was never created. And how he then entered into the world as flesh because of the separation that was caused between man and God when, when we ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. So that is the context. I tried to cleverly parallel the two. Um, if you were confused, please go back to Genesis 1 and John 1 and, and read those. Uh, so Wonders of His Love, that is the series that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. Uh, just quickly on this video, we as a media team, there's a bunch of us sitting around here, uh, we were given the task to make this video and our brief was Wonders of His Love. Go, <laughs> go make a video. Uh, so we debated a lot of things, looking at uh, God's love being revealed in nature, God's love being revealed in all these ways. And where we settled on uh, at this time was God revealing himself in the middle of pain, hurt, and loss. Uh, Christmas is a joyful time, but it's also a time when people are really hurting and people are experiencing pain. And we just want to encourage you that there is a loving God who has not left you in your middle of your pain and your suffering and stands aloof and disconnected, but he entered into your pain, he entered into your suffering, and he's there with you. Um, so I feel how the media team got together and brought all our collaborative efforts to make that was one of the reasons why I feel there is an anointing on this piece. So if you know anyone who is dealing with pain and loss in this time, um, I'm not saying it's a brilliant uh, like movie, but I feel there's anointing on it. And there's a difference between something like being performed really well and something that has an anointing. Performance entertains, anointing breaks chains and sets people free. So be free to send this and share it with people. Um, yeah, and I believe people will be set free from that pain. So we're going to be looking at another aspect of of his love, the wonders of his love, which... So I was exploring more um, uh, aspects of the wonders of his love. And I was looking at them in the Bible and seeing how they were expressed. And there were some very dramatic times when his love was revealed to us. One was just before his birth. In Luke 2, the heavens were rent, they were ripped open, and angels came down to these, angel, to these shepherds and made this joyful announcement that, that the king who was sitting on his throne has entered into humanity as a small child. So there his love was expressed. He stepped off his throne because of love for us and came onto this earth. Another time where his love was expressed was... 33 years later, he was my age, he was hanging on a cross, taking all the sins of the world onto himself and, and experiencing 
the um, punishment that we should have taken on, but he took it on himself. Uh, and in, in John 15, verse 13, it says, there's no greater love than to lay your life down for a friend. And he called us friend and took on our sin and, and died on the cross. So that it was another dramatic expression of his love. Now, personally, I have not witnessed such dramatic expressions of the wonders of his love. I've not seen heavens rend open. I've not seen um, someone dying on a cross and being resurrected. Um, but what I did experience uh, was a gift given to me where I really felt so much love in the gift that I actually got so excited I fell to the ground from excitement and express. It's like this person who gave me this gift really knew me and knew what my heart was. Um, and that was my mother. <laughs> Not Megan. Megan thought it was her. No. It, it, it was my mother. She, I was 16 or 15 and a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Um, and she gave me some Lord of the Rings paraphernalia, and I got extremely excited that yeah, I literally fell to the ground. So that it was a real expression. I like you really love me, but then that same woman that could love me so much also gave me the worst possible gift I could ever get. Excuse me if I've shared this before, and sorry, mom, for selling you down the river on this one. Um, I even as a younger child, I must have been like ten or nine. I really wanted a Sega TV games console. Um, and I woke up really early one Christmas morning, I ran to the Christmas tree before everyone else was awake. And there was a box under the Christmas tree, perfect size of a Sega console with just my name on it. And I was like, yes, this is mine. So I snuck back to bed, waited for everyone to wake up. When everyone was up, went to the tree and I opened it and it was a briefcase. <laughs> I, the disappointment and the, the pain. <laughs> I mean, it's long story short, it actually became, yeah, it was really useful to me. I don't worry. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't use it in school. I mean, I, I came to a Model C public school where they valued rugby and I did drama, so I didn't need anything else to make me seem even worse. Um, but, so yeah, so I was thinking, what would Jesus want, like, as, as a Christmas gift? What does he desire that most? And when I thought about it, I realized that is an extreme wonder of his love that really makes me like stand up, stand back and go, wow. It's not like wonder of his love. It's not wonder as in, oh, I wonder. I'm thinking, I'm confused. It's more like, oh, it's like in awe. You're like, wow, this is an expression of love that really makes me stand back, makes me fall to the ground in like excitement and being overjoyed. And what Jesus desires the most uh, as I desired that Sega the most, was, is oneness with us, with humanity. Uh, and if we look, so I was reading from John earlier, and we're going to just look at in John today, because something really interesting about the book of John, it's different from the other Gospels. In the other Gospels, they look at similar events, like events of Jesus' life. John was known as the beloved disciple. He was Jesus' favorite disciple. And he shared very intimate moments with Jesus. So we got let into, in, in this gospel, there's amazing, we get let into private conversations between Jesus and his disciples and private prayer times between Jesus and God. And we really get to understand Jesus and, and what, what he was going through. So here's a time which John records uh, in John 17, where he's praying to God. This is just before uh, he gets betrayed and arrested and, and taken to the cross. And this was, it's a long prayer. It's actually beautifully written, and you should go through the whole chapter. 
But if we just look at John 17, now verse 20, 21, and what he's saying, he's, his greatest desire that he's expressing to God. He says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you, and, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, that the world will believe you sent me. I am in them, and you are in me. He really desired that we would have the same union with him as he had with the Father. And the union that he had with God was so unique, and it was before the beginning of time, and um, there was um, mutual submission between him, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and he wants us in that. And I, look, I was asking why. Why would... Jesus want that. Well, the first reason which he gives just after that is as a form of evangelism. He says, so, and that they may be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you will love them as much as you love me. So to see unity expressed in this world, to see oneness um, between the church, between the church and the Father, Jesus says that will make the world realize that Jesus was sent from God, that Jesus is God. At the moment in this world, we are so divided. This country is the most unequal country in the world. I know in America is one of the most divided places in the world. To see real, real unity, and I'm not talking about like just being friends with someone that looks like me and thinks like me, but unity amongst different cultures, amongst people that think differently. I know there's a whole big um, move now for diversity, but yes, we look different, but the people, we, we have unity, uh, we have diversity in, in looks and aesthetics, but not unity in thought. I mean, they have unity in, in thought. They don't, they're not different thoughts and ideas coming together. Uh, God calls for all of us in, who believe in him to be together. And if we have different ways, different cultures, different thinkings, he wants us to come together. And now that is really difficult to be able to get on with someone who's complete, with a completely different background to me and a completely different socioeconomic uh, background to me. So, so that's why we need to be one in Jesus. We need to be, have oneness with Jesus. Um, so that he can help us to be able to unify with, uh, with the body and, and with him. And this is so strange for the world to see that uh, we are able to work with and get along with people that are so different to ourselves that they'll, it'll just make them wonder and think, you know, what's going on? Um, so that's one thing. The other thing uh, why he wants us to be one with him is that it will produce fruit. Earlier on um, in John 15, Jesus declares that he is the true vine. Anyone who remains in him, is connected to him, is one with him, will produce fruit. Uh, I think we are so often just trying to, to produce these fruits ourselves. We, we know we, we want to be good. We want to be kind. We want to be patient. We want to have self-discipline. And we try to do all these things ourselves, and we fail horribly. Um, and he's saying, no, no, no. I don't want you to do those things. I want you to remain in me. 
and then you will produce those fruits. Uh, so yes, he wants, he wants us to be one with him, to show the world unity, and also to produce fruit. Like the world is starving of these, these fruits that he offers of, yeah, uh, goodness, patience, self-control, all, the, all the, the fruits of the Spirit, the world is starving, and we need to produce it so that they can see it and eat of it. I wanted to find a third reason why he wants us, but I moved on to the, ne- the next verse, so I, I didn't find it, but I'm sure it's there. Um, so look it up yourselves, you'll find it. First person to find it, to find another reason wins a prize. Uh, there, John loves in this gospel to write everything in sevens. So he does seven of everything. So there probably are seven reasons why he wants to be one with the Father. So um, I, that's a challenge for next week. So then I moved on. Actually, before we move on, this is such a big revelation to me. Tanya, this is your moment. Thank you. Just quickly. That uh, I just wanted to reflect on this. Jesus' greatest desire is to be one with us, and that as he and the Father are one, that he desires for us. So now we just want you to, you can close your eyes and just think about this for a moment. The creator of the universe the uncreated being who spoke and there was life, who spoke and there was light, who created everything that that we see, touch and feel. He holds everything together. He created in perfection. That same creator being wants me, wants you, this broken human who's messed up so many times, he wants to be one with us. He does doesn't just want it and like commanding it he desires it it's something when he when he's about to be crucified this is what he's praying to the father that we the very people that put him on the cross he wants to be one with that is i really want to i think we hear this too often and we don't actually let it settle into our hearts the actual desire that god has for us to be one with us so this is just a little midway. I am halfway through my talk. There's a little midway, midway break. It's so inundated with information and facts. And I just want to take us a moment to just pause and just let that settle down from your head to your heart. That Jesus desires that as he and the Father are one, so we will be one, one with each other, one with him. break. Thank you, Tanya. Call you up again later. (laughs) So now the how. How do we do this in this crazy world that we're living in with everything grabbing our attention? Uh, So a bit earlier on in John, in John 14. So John 17, he was talking to God. John 14 is a recorded moment where he's talking to the disciples. Um, I'm not, just, just for any of you who are keeping track of the scriptures, I'm not... Well, I am jumping around the Bible. I'm moving backwards now, so it's not chronological. But all these conversations kind of happened around the same time. Uh, it was in a moment of great tension and stress. Uh, Jesus was about to be betrayed. He had actually just revealed to his disciples that someone amongst them was going to betray them. He just told them that he was going to die. Uh, he had just told Peter that he was going to deny him. 
his like right hand man is going to going to deny him. So it was a very vulnerable emotional time. Um, and now he's busy, and there's a lot of confusion as to like what's actually going to happen. Uh, so in, the, in that is the kind of the scene in which he is talking to to his disciples. So he says to them. So I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll actually want to. Ju- it's just a short section. I want to break it apart line by line because this is such a nuanced uh, bit of scripture. There's so much revelation in each line that you can kind of sit on each line for days and get new stuff and new new truth and new revelation from it. So I'll read it first, and then break apart each line and share with you what what I got from it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you will know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to me except through the Father. If you had already known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. So yes, let's go through that uh, line by line. The first, one, the first thing he says is, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, this was the biggest, I had a massive revelation just from this line, so much so that I actually wanted to bring this point up last, uh, but then I thought I'd be jumbling up the scriptures too much, uh, so I'm going to leave it in first, and I hope I'll be able to end with a, I've got a powerful enough point to end with. But this was the revelation that I had was as simple as Jesus realized that they would be troubled. Now, it seems like an obvious thing with all that they were dealing with. And yes, on the surface, they were troubled because of all these things that they're worried about, that Jesus was going to get caught and he was uh, going to be tried and killed. And so that's what was troubling them. But actually, trouble is a much deeper thing in humanity. And in fact, it's something that connects all of humanity. There's an unrest in all of us, something that troubles our spirit, and every worldview touches on it. So, uh, the like the, the the Buddhists have a pursuit for Zen and Nirvana, like looking for a peace. We call it Shalom, like a peace with God and a peace with the universe. There's something inside of it that is just not right, and we try all these different things to relieve ourselves from that trouble, from that that unrest. And many people, um, I mean, even in the, like the, the humanist, atheist worldview, they call it they're reaching super self-resourcefulness, being able to be their self-made man, stand on their own two feet, make it on their own, work hard, and then that will make them happy, make lots of money, make success, um, whatever it is uh, that, that makes you happy and will take that trouble away. But all, none of that stuff actually lasts. If we look into the root of where that trouble came from, this is why I was reading from Genesis, is it started all the way back in the garden, where there was once a time that we actually lived in perfect peace and harmony and perfect shalom with God, with nature, with the universe in the garden. And then when God told us not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we, we disobeyed him and we did, 
we could redefine for ourselves what was good and evil, and thus going against God and causing a, a permanent separation between us and God. And that is called sin. That separation is called sin. And that is why we are where we are today. Why the world is so messed up as it is today. Because millennia later, uh, there we have constantly being redefining for ourselves what is good and what, what is evil. And that has just caused more and more separation between God. So that is this internal trouble that everyone in humanity is dealing with and all trying their own way to try uh, settle and make peace with. So there's a trouble amongst these disciples. But if they realize that that trouble actually was not their circumstance, so if you are in a, in a troubled situation, if you realize it's actually not your circumstance, but it's a separation between you and God. And then his next line was, trust in God, trust in me also. If you realize that if you're actually in that situation, they actually trusted God, that he knew what was going on, they wouldn't be as troubled. If they trusted that he's good and he has the best intentions, they wouldn't be as uh, anxious as they were. In your situation where you find yourself, whatever you, what we like to do is we like to make contingency, contingency plans as though God is not actually going to come through for us. Uh, but... So, for example, Victory Kids School, you know, we need three million rand by, by April. We could be making contingency plans, or we can trust that this is what God has for us. We can, John and Lee can stress about it for nights and nights after end, but you can trust this is the call that God has on you, and he's good, and he's trustworthy, and he will come through for us, and he cares more about these, the children in this valley's life than you ever could. So just trust that, that he is good. So he says to the disciples, so the, the first lesson I learned about gaining oneness with God is trust. Can we trust that he is good? And in every situation, instead of making a contingency plan for that situation that we're in, rather trust God is actually who he says he is. God is actually the creator of the universe. God is actually good and, and trustworthy. Then he says... Um, there's more than enough room in my father's home. Uh, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? So that is very cool. Just a side note. It's cool to know that the one thing that, that Jesus is doing now is preparing a room for us. He really, And it's a nice room. He values hospitality. Uh, he values us enough that he'll prepare a, a room for, for us, for you and me. Um, when everything is ready, when everything is ready, when the, when the time is perfect, that, that's when I'll come. He's making sure that, that the time is going to be, that everything is going to be like ready and prepared. And as a Lord of the Rings fan, there's a great quote which Gandalf says, a wizard is never late, he, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. We can trust that God is not late or early but he's going to arrive precisely when he means to. He's going to come through for us precisely at the right time. He can see the beginning from the end. He knows uh, our whole story. We might be in the situation thinking, man, if he just needs to sort this out like right now. Uh, but he knows the beginning from the end. So we can trust that his timing is going to be perfect. I will come to get you. That was also amazing. He says, I will come to get you. 
It's not a matter of us working so hard to convince God to come and save us, us petitioning, God, save me, save me. Uh, he says, I will come into, I will come to fetch you. As I mentioned earlier about that video that we made, he is going to, he entered into our suffering. He identifies with our suffering and he has come to, he reached, as it says in, in Peter, he reached into the darkness and pulled us up into his glorious light. He does the pursuing after us, which, yeah, he is desiring more to, to be one, one with us. I will come to get you so that you will, you will always be with me where I am. There's deep surety in that, that he will, I had other notes on that, that he will always be with us when, when, yeah, he'll be with us always. So, and then you will know the way to where I'm going. There's a definite journey that God wants us on. And it's on this journey that we need to be okay with the journey and where he's taking us, the way in, in which he's taking us. And to, to walk this journey, we need to be so close with God to do this journey. We are, I'll, yeah, I'll say it now. They, um, there's a saying by G.K. Chesterton which says, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. Rather, it's found difficult and left untried. This Christian walk, the thing that God calls us to, and we become one with him, man, there's difficult things that, that we be, we've been called to do. Emma's been called to the UK, leave her family, go, go to a new country. Like, it's, it's a difficult walk to be obedient. Uh, to start a school is, is a difficult thing. But when we, he says he's going to be with us along the journey and we'll know the way to go. So there's, yeah, surety in this, this journey that he wants to take. And then we get my friend Thomas who says, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? First, now, I, I mean, it's cute that he, that he asked questions, and shame, it was a very stressful time that he was going through. Uh, but Jesus just explained, like a few lines earlier, that he is going to be, uh, that don't be troubled. He is coming for us. He will fetch us. He will be with us always. And Thomas is caught in the situation like, what am I going to do in the situation? Um, I, I don't know how we're going to, I'm unsure of the situation. Instead of trusting in what Jesus just said lines before, God has called us to something, whatever it is he's called each of us to do, and we we'll can totally freak out. How are we going to do this? We don't know what we're supposed to do. La, 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 la. Jesus is like, whoa, chill. I've called you. I said, do not, do not be troubled. I will, I will call you. I will take you along on this journey. And then, then this was Jesus' answer to him. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus made lots of, well, seven, actually, seven I am statements uh, in, uh, in, the book, in the Gospel of John. I am the bread and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. 
I am the true vine, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. All these great declarations that he is, yeah, this one with God. He, uh, he is this being that, this human that can be trusted. And um, I had this picture once, which I think I've shared here in church before, of me being lost in a forest, in a dark forest, trying to find the path out of this forest uh, and not being able to find it. And this man then appears next to me and says, I am Jesus. And I say, great, can you help me find this path? And he's like, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So again, we're trying to find all these different ways of doing life and doing the things that God has called us to, where Jesus is just saying, just be, be one with me. Be, be so connected to me, and then I will show you the way. The safest place to be is to be in God's will, in his presence, and tr- trusting in him. So now, how do we apply this? Now that we, we know that God really wants to be one with us and that he is pursuing that unity for us. Now what we, do we do with this fact Okay, cool. It's settled now from my head to my heart. I am one with Jesus. I'm one with God. So what do I do with this knowledge? Do I just sit back, relax, watch TV, have a beer? No. (laughs) If it were only true. Uh, He says, but you can't. No, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. If we believe that Jesus is one with the Father, and we are one with them, and we are connected, we can do the same or greater works than the Father did. He has not not called any of us to be complacent in this world. We can can see what sin and corruption, that separatedness from God has done to this world. And so he's called us to get stuck in and to love it the way he loves it and to be unified with one another so the world can see that, uh, that Jesus was sent from God and And so he's called us into this world, and he hasn't told us to go alone, but he said that if we are one with him, we'll be able to do all these great things that he's called us to do. So, yeah, the encouragement from that is whatever God has called you to do, know that because you are in him, you will be able to do the same or greater works than he has done. Yeah, this is a a difficult walk, and it's scary. But something that Dee said to us when she was really sick was, not only does Jesus hold my future, but he is my future. So we know that we can boldly walk on into 2020, into the next year, knowing that Jesus is so consumed in us, he is defining our future. We are not defined by our past and our sins and our mistakes, but we are defined by by God, by Jesus. So, in landing this preach, 
Tanya, can we have you up again? <laughs> I just, just did some editing, cut out a paragraph there. Um, so we come to church, we read the Bible, we pray in a pursuit to know God. But this is the truth that I want to leave you with today and this greatest wonder of his love that we can take with into Christmas and the festive season is that as much as we are pursuing to know God, he knows us. He knows the situation that you are in. I don't have the EQ or the empathy to be able to understand what you're going through. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't even cry. I I say I was born without tear ducts. Um, But God knows you. God knows the situation that you are in. And he he does not stand aloof. He does not stand distant uh, and unaware of your issues. But he is very aware of where you are and understands your, your struggles. And he has entered into it. And he says, I know you. And even still, I want to be one with you. So yeah, so right now, if we just close our eyes. Father, I want to thank you that your desire for us is that we are one with you. I pray, God, that anything that is holding back that revelation from us our uh, shame, our uh, our need to to perform and show you how good we are. If there's, if you can just break that away, Jesus, and we can just, yeah, just join you and be be one with you, God. I speak to the troubled hearts right now, today. Those that are trying to create contingency plans just in case God doesn't come through. Those who are saying, this deep struggle that's inside of me, you do not understand. Those, I want to speak, those that are even struggling to remain pure. God's called us, a mighty call to be holy and pure. And those who are struggling and just can't, for whatever reason, remain pure. I just want you to know that God sees you and he knows you and he still desires to, to be one with you. And you can just release it to him. And yeah, to end off with the way that it's said in the video, the wonders of his love there if you'll just accept it don't don't fight it understand that he desires he desires you so yeah I don't feel at the moment to do a public altar call but I understand there may be people where God is really working your hearts where there's there's this something that you're dealing with, turmoil that that you're dealing with, and you just desire to, for God to just tend to, to take on your burden. And you want, you want that peace, that shalom that he brings. There's a mighty team of prayer warriors 
up here and you're so free to to come up here now or after the service and we would love to pray with you and for you to meet this loving father you can take those uh, those things from you but yes but for everyone else be blessed keep on this journey with god know that he has called you he's the one that sustains you it's not by your good works and how wonderful you are but he's the one who keeps you from falling from stumbling and just yeah just pursue that that oneness that he so desires and be in awe of all that he wants to do in and through you thank you jesus amen